We are on Yavamos Chav Dalet Amabez 24b4 in the Art Scroll Gemara. We are in the middle of a discussion. <coughs> the Mishnah says uh, that when there are rumors out there of adultery, and then they get divorced, the couple gets divorced, so then she is not, the wife is not allowed to marry the person that uh, there are rumors about that she committed adultery with. She's not allowed to marry that person. In fact, the mission says that not, not only are they not allowed to get married, because that would give credibility to the rumors, but even if they were to, were to get married, they have to get divorced. Now, in the Gemara so far, we had the opinion of Rav. Rav says that the case here is not talking about rumors. Really, the case here is talking about whether actual witnesses that she committed adultery. Now, it could be, according to some of the commentators, that these witnesses know, uh, are aware, they saw that she committed adultery, they don't know uh, with whom, uh, but it's clear that she committed adultery, and therefore the law is, as a result of this, the law is that they have to get divorced, because the law is that if she commits adultery, then they would have to get divorced. And and the law then is that she's not allowed to marry the person that she committed adultery with, and if they get married, so then they would also have to get divorced, because that's also a Torah prohibition, uh, to marry the Boel, to marry for, uh, the person that she committed adultery with. Um, Rav also says that we had from, from last week, Rav also says that if it was just a rumor, so then A, they do not have to get divorced in that first marriage. She does not have to get divorced. But if she does get divorced, so then she is not allowed uh, to marry the person that she's accused of, that there's these rumors about that she committed adultery with. Uh, but if she does marry that person, so then whether or not she has to get divorced really... Uh, depends on whether or not she had children. According to Rashi, whether or not she had children from her first marriage. If she had children from her first marriage, so then we say you don't have to get divorced. If she already married this person after getting divorced, uh, so then she does not have to get divorced. She shouldn't marry him in the in the first place, but she does not have to get divorced because then that will people will think that oh, the reason why they're getting divorced is because she actually committed adultery with this person. That puts into question her children, her children from her first marriage. Maybe her children are mamzer. Maybe her children are the product of this illicit relationship. Uh, so therefore, if she has children, we say do not get divorced. It's just uh, the ramifications are too severe uh, for the children. If she does not have children, then we say you would have to get divorced. This is even in the case of a rumor. So if in a rumor, if she doesn't have children, you would have to get divorced. Uh, however, uh, we do not force the couple originally, the original couple, uh, to get divorced because it's just based on a rumor. That is all the first approach to the Gemara. The Gemara now is going to bring a second approach. Alternatively, we're turning the page on 24 before in the art school. Alternatively, Rebbe he. This is the opinion of Rebbe, the Brisa, which says that rumors alone are a reason uh, to get divorced from the second marriage is all according to Rebbe, meaning as follows. According to the second approach... Really, Rav is of the opinion that if it's based on rumors alone, you could stay married to uh, this in the second marriage to the person that uh, there are rumors around that you committed adultery with that person. You could stay married according to Rav. However, the Brises, which stated that they would have to get divorced, that is a unique position of Rebbe. It's a minority position of Rebbe. This is Rebbe's position. He is of the opinion that any time... There are these rumors out there or even circumstantial evidence out there. Uh, so then 
that requires divorce. According to Rashi, it's divorce not just from the second marriage, but it even is a, a required divorce from the first marriage. According to Rebbe, it, this is different than the, the first approach entirely. According to the first approach, uh, the only time that you have to get divorced uh, in, in an accusation of adultery is when there's actual Adam. When we have witnesses, two witnesses that saw that she committed adultery, so then that requires a divorce. And then she's also not allowed to marry on a Torah level, she's not allowed to marry the person that she committed adultery with. However, if it's just rumors, you're allowed to stay married, according to the first approach. According to this approach, according to this position of Rebbe, the way Rashi understands this, is that she would have to get divorced. It might be a rabbinic uh, d- obligation to get divorced. It might not be on a Torah level, but even if it's just based on rumors alone, so then uh, she would have to get divorced. We'll see in the Gemara that there's certain lim- various limitations upon this. What type of rumor... Uh, we'll, we'll see exactly uh, the various limitations, but Rebbe is of the opinion that we don't require actual adim, actual witnesses. It's enough to have less than that. And one way is rumors. The other way is Rebbe's statement is not through rumors, but just through circumstantial evidence. As it's taught in Ebrisa, the Tanya, it's taught in Ebrisa, the following cases. Let's say we have the Rocha, the person who's selling perfume. So he's going from house to house. And we don't see them there. We don't have witnesses that they actually had... Um, Sexual relations. We just see that she's getting dressed again after this uh, after this uh, peddler, uh, this perfume peddler comes. So Amarabi, that's circumstantial evidence that whole mukhlar davar. It looks uh, it's evidence uh, for this uh, improper scene. So therefore, Tete, because this is improper and we see something which is improper. This is not a cold. This is not a rumor, but this is circumstantial evidence. And so Rebbe's of the opinion that they would have to get divorced. They would have to get divorced. Another case of circumstantial evidence, if, let's say, uh, there's spit on the bed, or uh, or spit really on the canopy of the bed, there's a canopy to the bed, and so the husband, let's say, the husband sees this and something is off here, so the Rebbe says also over there, it's circumstantial evidence, and so therefore, they have to get divorced. The final case is, this is on the top of 25a, on Chafheya Meralef, Let's say there are uh, shoes which are in the wrong position. They're in the wrong place. Uh, there are shoes on the floor. So, because there are these shoes there. So, therefore, it's, it's circumstantial evidence that somebody was there by the bed. And so, therefore, they have to get divorced. So the Gemara says, that as a, just has one line. It says, If there are actual shoes there that are overturned, they're in the wrong place. So, then let's just see who the shoes belong to. And then we'll know. Uh, that if it's not the husband's shoes, so then it belongs to somebody else, then it's more than just uh, circumstantial evidence. Uh, why don't we just see who it belongs to? So, uh, So the case is really where the, the shoes aren't there, but we have uh, the shoe, the imprint of the shoe is on the floor. Uh, the floor, I made an imprint on the, on, the, on the floor, so therefore it looked like somebody else was there. And so, therefore, they have to get divorced. So, Rebbe is of the opinion that in all these cases of circumstantial evidence, it looks very strange. Uh, so, therefore, they would have to get divorced. Now, uh, this is the opinion of Rashi, who says that you would have to get divorced from your first husband, from your, from your husband, because it looks like uh, the wife committed adultery. And it's important to note that uh, this is, according to some, this is just a rabbinic obligation to get divorced. This would not be viewed as a Torah obligation to get divorced. This would just be a rabbinic obligation to get divorced. And once they would have to get divorced from her original husband, so then certainly they would say, if she were to marry this peddler, 
then they would also, A, you're not allowed to marry him, and B, you'd have to get divorced if you did marry this, uh, this peddler. Uh, so that is the opinion of Rashi. I just want to point out that there are other commentators, other Rishonim, who say that when we say that they have to get divorced, it's not really referring to the original marriage. Even according to Rebbe, in the original marriage, they're allowed to stay married. The only time, according to these opinions, that, that you would have to get divorced, if they're actual witnesses. You need actual witnesses, two witnesses, to come to court to say that she had, she committed adultery. That's the only time that we would require a divorce, according to those opinions. When we say that they have to get divorced, it's not referring to the, to the original marriage, it's really referring to if she were to marry the peddler. If she would later marry the peddler, so then when we say Tete, it means that she would have to get divorced from that person that she, that there's this circumstantial evidence around the fact that she committed a, a adultery with this peddler, so then she would have to get divorced. But the point of the Gemara, whether you take the approach of Rashi, whether you take the approach of the other commentators, in the end of the day, meaning whether she would have to get divorced from her original husband or not, end of the day, everyone agrees that she would have to get divorced, according to Rabbi, just based on circumstantial evidence alone, if she were to marry the peddler, the person that she's accused of, of, ha- of committing adultery with. And they extend that, the commentators, they extend that to also not just circumstantial evidence, but also rumors. Even if it's rumors alone, we'll see that it's a specific, it has to be a specific type of rumor, but even if it's rumors alone, uh, she would have to, uh, have to get divorced uh, from from the uh, from the person that that uh, the rumors are about. If she were to marry that person, she would have to get divorced from that person. Not necessarily from her husband, from her original husband, but everyone would agree that within Rebbe, she would have to, based on these rumors alone, she would have to get divorced uh, from the person that she's, there are these rumors about that she committed adultery with uh, if, she, if she were to go ahead and marry him. So whether it's circumstantial evidence or whether it's rumors, Rebbe would be of the opinion that uh, she would have to get divorced from the second marriage. Okay, so that's a big difference between the first approach and the second approach. According to the first approach, you need Adam in order to, to require getting divorced from the second marriage. You need actual witnesses. And even within the first approach, Rav would agree that if she doesn't have children from her first marriage, so then rumors also uh, would work. But according to the second approach, within Rebbe, Rebbe's of the opinion that rumors alone, circumstantial evidence alone, would require... Uh, getting divorced within the second marriage, and even according to Rashi, even within the first marriage, uh, they would be required to get divorced. The Gemara now says, We paskin, we follow, the halacha follows both opinions. The halacha follows both opinions. The Gemara asks, I don't understand, these are two opposing opinions. How could you follow both opinions? They are contradictory opinions. So the Gemara answers, this is what we mean to say. Lo kasha, habakal, the pasach, habakal, the lo pasach, so it depends whether or not the rumors stopped. It depends whether or not the rumors stopped. And Rashi explains what does it mean that the rumors stopped. It means it depends whether or not there's a counter rumor. If there's another rumor which says that, you know what, this is untrue, the first rumor is not true, so then they sort of cancel each other out. And so what the Gemara is saying is that if there's a rumor just that uh, she committed adultery... So then the the way we pask and the way we rule is like Rebbe. Even without witnesses, we follow the opinion of Rebbe to say that if she were to marry the, the peddler or uh, this uh, person that she's accused of, <coughs> where there's these rumors that she committed adultery with, so then we would say she would have to uh, get divorced because there's just that rumor out there. However, if there's a counter rumor, if there are others who, that are talking and saying that, no, such a thing never happened, that the, the, the original rumor is incorrect, 
So then we follow like Rav to say we require actual witnesses. We need actual witnesses. If there's a counter rumor, we need actual witnesses. We cannot go purely based on the rumor itself. And that's how we we follow lehalacha. This is the, the halacha, this is the law, that if there's just one rumor that she committed adultery, so then we do say that she would have to get divorced uh, from this, that second husband if she were to marry that person she was accused that she was accused of, of, of committing adultery with, because it gives cre- credibility to the rumor itself. If, however, there's a counter-rumor, so then we need actual witnesses. And the Gemara adds, How long does this rumor have to last for? Amar Abaye Abaye says, meaning without any any counter-rumor, how long does the original rumor have to last for in order order for us to be concerned for this rumor? If it's just for one second, so then it's a rumor for one second. We cannot say that they have to get divorced based on that. So Abaye says, Amar Abaye, Amar Li'em, he says his mother told him, and it's not really his mother. It's important to note that Abaye, his mother passed away when he was young, and he refers to the the woman who raised him, sort of his stepmother, or the woman that raised him, um, adopted him, uh, is, uh, is is what he's referred to as mother. And he says the suspected ones in the city, they have to have a rumor for a day and a half. The rumor has to circulate for a day and a half in order for it to be viewed as a as a serious rumor for us to to consider. But it continues. Uh, the Gemara also qualifies this type of a rumor. So again, this rumor is going to say that if she were to marry uh, this person in the second marriage, they would have to get divorced. It's a serious type of rumor. A, it has to last for a day and a half uh, without any counter rumor. And B, And also it means that the rumor uh, cannot stop. We cannot have a counter rumor during this Day and a half, and it says and it says this counter rumor, according to Rashi, this counter rumor can only be if it's a counter rumor which is not out of fear. If it's just because people are afraid of this person that they're talking about, and so therefore other rumors come about, and they have this counter rumor because of this fear factor. So then that that does not qualify as a sufficient counter rumor, counter claim that they did not commit adultery. If it's out of fear that this new rumor is popping up, which can happen. And then this last line is very important. And also, any of these rumors we do not consider if uh, these people have enemies. If these people have enemies who it's plausible that they're going to come out with these rumors because they really don't like them, uh, so then we don't consider these rumors. A rumor can only be viewed as credible if it lasts for a day and a half, and there's no reason... No outside reason why someone would just make up these rumors. If there's a reason why they would make up these rumors, so then we do not uh, take these rumors into account, which is very important. Uh, I even saw somewhere where they question and they say, everyone has enemies. <laughs> every, every single person, there's a, there's, a, there's a chance that somebody will make up rumors about them. So it, it could very much limit the application of these rumors. These rumors would only apply to actually say that they would have to get divorced within the second marriage. Again, to marry them to begin with is already a prohibition. You're not allowed to, if you're accused of it, so then you're not allowed to marry. But for all these, the, the situation is only such where the rumors are are uh, without anybody, without any plausible reason why somebody would make up these rumors, why the person doesn't, well, there's other people there who do not like uh, such, uh, the wife or uh, or the person that uh, they, she's accused of committing adultery with. So that concludes that part of the Gemara. We will just read a few more lines in the Gemara to get up to the next Mishnah. Uh, so that concludes that that part. In essence, we could we do follow a rumor, assuming it's a specific type of a rumor, 
uh, if there's a counter rumor, so then we require actual witnesses. Uh, and all this, just keep in mind, all this is just with regards to whether or not she has to get divorced from the second husband, where she's not allowed to marry that second husband anyways. Um, so the question is, uh, is does, uh, does she get divorced from that second husband? The Gemara now quotes a Mishnah. The Gemara quotes a different Mishnah from a different tractate and says as follows, We learned in the Mishnah, The Mishnah says as follows, If a person's married and he divorces his wife, why does he divorce his wife? For one of two reasons. Either because, uh, what we're discussing, he heard rumors and he and he options, he, he chooses volunteers. It's not, he's not required to, but he decides to divorce his wife based on a bad reputation that his wife has. Or because she took a certain vow which impacts the marriage. And so therefore, uh, it impacts the marriage in some serious way, so therefore he divorces her. So we say the law is that they cannot remarry. Because if we would say that they could remarry, so then it could lead to very difficult situations. Because let's say she goes ahead and marries somebody else. And then all of a sudden, while she's married to somebody else, and even if she has kids from somebody else, the first husband comes and says, I had no idea. I thought these rumors were true about you. They're not really true. And therefore, when I gave you a get, a divorce document, it was, it was based on false assumptions. So it's not even a valid get. It's not a valid divorce document. Or I didn't realize that you could annul your vows. Any of these scenarios where it has the potential to undo the entire divorce document retroactively, and so it's like she's married, still married to the original husband, and then she has kids and second husband. It creates a whole big problem to, to, to make sure that that problem doesn't exist. We say from the onset that we tell them if you're getting divorced for these reasons, you cannot get married again. Really, you should realize that this is really, this is binding. Uh, realize that if you're divorcing her because she has a bad reputation or because different vows that she took upon herself, realize that you cannot come back to her. Um, and that uh, you cannot come up with excuses later on because it could lead to very, uh, very serious, a very serious situation. So shalach le rabba barhuna le rabba bar Nachman yelamzina rabbinu kanos ma'ushu yotzi. So they ask, the Gemara asks, okay, you're not allowed to get married. The couple is not allowed to get married. But let's say they did. Let's say they did get married. Do we require them to get divorced? So they want to bring a proof from our Mishnah. The reason why they're bringing this down is because they want to bring a proof from our Mishnah which, keep in mind, is not discussing the original marriage. This is the original marriage. The original husband and wife, they got divorced, and then now they want to remarry. The uh, the discussion of our Mishnah is about whether or not uh, the accused adulterer, uh, the, the one that she committed adultery with, uh, whether and they get married, whether or not they have to get divorced. And the law is they do have to get divorced. So it's a different type of a case, but they want to bring a proof. Amalei, Tanina, we have our Mishnah, Nitanalei, Ish, our Mishnah says that let's say the wife is accused, there are rumors or there are witnesses, that, as we discussed before, uh, that she committed adultery. So then she would have to get divorced if she were to marry uh, the person that she committed adultery with. So they ask, they ask, what's the connection? How could you compare the two? First of all, over there, in the case of our Mishnah, it's with witnesses. If it's with witnesses, uh, so they were forced to get divorced. This is a Torah law that they have to get divorced if they're actual witnesses of adultery. Here, it's it's by choice. So it's a very different scenario. So, However, some have the uh, version in our Mishnah that says that it's really, it's, it's by their choice. There's a discussion within our Mishnah is a force or by choice, which would impact whether or not you need witnesses or not. But the Gemara still says, In the end of the day, one is discussing the original marriage, one is discussing when you're married to the uh, accused to the adulterer. The adulterer is marrying her. So these are two very different cases. So they say, no, still, you can still compare the two. 
you can still compare the two. In the end of the day, in both cases, the rabbis say you should not get married. In the case of the adulterer, they say you should not get married. In the case of the husband divorcing his wife, they say you should not remarry. In the end of the day, we can prove from one to the other. In cases where the rabbi said you should not get married, if you get married, so then you have to get divorced. That's what it seems like a good comparison. But the Gemara rejects this, and we'll conclude with this. Velohi, no, it's not a good comparison for the following reason. These are very different cases. When it comes to marrying the adulterer, there you're giving credibility to the original rumor. The very fact that you're marrying the person is giving credibility to the original rumor, so we'll say get divorced, because we don't want that. We don't want the rumors, people to think that the rumors are actually true. Uh, it's, it's just giving credibility to the rumors. However, when you remarry your wife, in the case of remarrying your wife after divorcing her uh, because of a bad reputation... By remarrying her, it actually shows the opposite. It shows how you really believe that the rumors are not true. And that's how you're... The fact that you're remarrying her shows that the rumors are not true. And if the rumors are not true, that's what we want. We want people to think that uh, the rumors are not true. And so therefore, we should say that, oh, you're not allowed to get married for various reasons. You're not allowed to remarry. But once you get married, so then you would not have to get divorced. So in a case where uh, he divorces her because... Uh, she has a bad reputation or because of certain vows that she took upon herself and then afterwards they get divorced. They're not allowed to remarry. But if, she, if they do get remarried, so then they are allowed to uh, remain married. Okay, I apologize for going a little bit over, but now we are up to the next Mishnah.